0: <laughs> Welcome to the Kel's and Betsy podcast, where we are focused on raising capital and investing with purpose. So, whether you are a new investor, an experienced investor, or even a business owner, understanding the art of raising capital is crucial in today's competitive landscape. Join us as we navigate the complex realm of attracting investors, securing funding, and building meaningful relationships that fuel your business growth. <laughs> Hey, hey, welcome guys to another episode. Welcome to our channel, actually. I'm your host, Kalisha, and I have my beautiful co host, Betsy. Bruh, I can't get over your lights because they're so amazing. Like, makes me want to get like a whole studio and fancy up and all that stuff. But I know know (laughs) I'm dreaming
1: too because I have to set up every time and then I have to like take it down, which is awful. And I have to make sure everything's charged because some things are wireless. And I'm just like, this is a lot,
0: but I love it. It's worth coming it. to another studio. Listen, I think we need yeah. to do an episode talking about equipment. It's, I've been getting that question a lot. That's for a whole new episode. Like the fact that you just mentioned that we always have to take down our equipment, set it up back, and do it all every single week. Yeah, we're we we're, we're gonna do one with you guys. But today we have a friend of mine. Um, man, we were talking a little bit earlier about the journey. It's crazy how things have have changed within a year. Um, fellow member of for Mastermind Raising Private Money with Amy and and we have here, guys, today, Danny Jimenez, all the way from California. We should do, like, the intro no, song. No. Oh, yeah.
2: <laughs> you should have the intro song ready.
0: Wow. Oh, my god! For sure. What's up? Mm.
2: Another beautiful day here in Long Beach, California, I'm trying to find some deals, trying to find some money, you know, every day. <laughs>
0: well,
1: thank, you for, thank you for joining us, Danny. Um, we really, really appreciate your presence here, and I know that you're going to bring so much value to our listeners. Before we begin, we always like to start with our disclaimer here. The following information is for educational purposes only. Please do your own diligence. We do not provide financial, legal, or professional advice. Everything that we talk about is from our own experience. We're all investors here, so every case is different. Um, please talk to a professional advisor to advise
0: you. Exactly. So, anything that we share, anything that Danny shares, just an experience. This is your opinion um we're not giving you guys any advice and as betsy said like we have a team so danny let's dive right in um just share with our listeners or viewers because we're also on apple Podcasts, spotify so we have persons listening as well even after um just share with our listeners like your background a little bit about your background and how your real estate investing journey began
2: okay gotcha so um i First started off at Subway, ended up rising the ranks there to from sandwich artist to store manager. And then from there, I shifted over to security. I was there for about 10 years. Same thing, climbed up the ranks. I was a manager on my way out. Um, I, had, I oversaw 40 officers. I was doing the scheduling. I was doing the uniforms. I was doing everything. And so it was around that time when I was doing about like 60-ish hours a week when I kind of just paused and, and thought to myself like, Is this really what I want to do? Um, And so I started looking at my superiors around me, you know, they're older, they're more seniority manager, higher management positions. And it just didn't fit well with with what I wanted to do. I I always felt like there was something different about just me and like knowing where my path wanted to be. I wanted to be able to provide value to not only, um, you know, the people around me, um, but just just the society in general um so that's when around the same time towards the tail end of my security career um my fiance bought me the purple bible the the rich dad poor dad and because i had been talking about it a little bit i i don't know how i stumbled upon the book but uh i heard about it somewhere yeah and so she surprised me uh for christmas she's like oh i bought you the book so i finished it cover to cover in two days and from there i was just hooked it finally you know clicked for me and i'm like this is exactly what i was was looking for in that that, that thought in the back of my head so um, after that uh, became the due diligence as to well now I understand I want to invest I want to create um, do business um, what is what does that look like so I started to look into stocks I started looking at crypto at the time it was around that same time where Bitcoin was going through the moon uh, and so uh, yeah I started I started to you know start learning about investing and whatnot and yeah, so I, oh, sorry about that. Hold on, give me one second. One second.
0: We're oh, getting right there. So while, while Danny, come on, um, it's just crazy that um, we we're talking earlier, just a journey, and when I first met Danny um, in RPM, he wanted to learn how to raise private capital. And I mean, like, he was, as he mentioned backstage, is that, Practicing his pitch to private money lenders. Like Danny was so nervous. If you saw his first deck that he had, but um, he was thinking of presenting to lenders, he was like freaking out. And we would like have practice sessions. Like we'll be on Zoom going for hours with him just practicing of how to pitch deals, how to answer questions um, if private money lenders ask. And just to see him crushing it, now and we would put in our Facebook group like every sixth amount of money dude I was like holy snap this dude is killing me <laughs> sorry just about see- that you're good um but just to see that grow Danny it's yeah it's yeah.
2: amazing for sure a bunch of action and so sorry it's always putting out fires I have my, my office here in Long Beach partner asked me a question but we got that out the way but anyway <laughs> To circle back, um, yeah. I was looking at like investing investing strategies, and then I stumbled upon I think the Bigger Pockets podcast, mm-hmm. and then through that I bought like six books. You know, they got like a whole catalog of like twenty books of how to invest in real estate. I started learning. Um, at first, the approach was um, rentals because I think that's kind of where everyone starts. Oh yeah, let me uh, let me get some rentals, and I'll be good. And so um, I started learning about real estate investing, and I realized well if i get like one rental or if i save enough money while i work um and i get one rental that cash flows maybe like four or five hundred bucks like that's going to take a long time for me to get where where i want to be right to to be able to provide and and just get to the goals that that i had and so once i decided it was going to be real estate through the bigger pockets podcast um you know books podcasts, youtube videos i had to decide on the strategy so that's when I decided I wanted to flip. So the big problem was, well, I didn't have enough money to flip in California. And so then I started thinking, okay, well, how else can I find capital? How can I make this work? And so I realized, well, money's gonna be the big problem for me, at least. And I think a, a majority of investors would say the same. And that's where through listening to the Bigger Pockets podcast, I heard Amy Majuri. And when she started talking about raising private capital, it was like, I found it. (laughs) Yeah. So uh, I listened to. I think she did four episodes. I only listened to three of them. Um, And then I was like, you know what? Let me let me figure this out. I started looking, um, you know, her her website up. I started doing more research. And so I was like, I talked to my fiance. I said, look, I mean, I need a couple grand. I need to get into this mentorship. Um, She was kind of skeptical at first, but I was like, trust me, it's, it's gonna work. And so I joined uh, RPM. I think that was the end of 2022. Was it around there ish, maybe middle of the year?
0: Yeah, it would maybe about like September.
2: Okay, yeah. So, yeah, September, tail end, like towards the middle. Um, and then once I started learning how to raise private capital, that was really what ended up taking the limiting belief that I had from the equation, right? Because I was like, okay, I know I want to flip. The process is simple, right? You got to figure out ARVs, all that, whatnot. So that formula, I understood. I just needed the capital part of it. And yeah. so once I joined RPM, I was able to make connections with Kalisha um, and, and a lot of other investors in the area. And and just being in that type of community really changed everything. It's so, so true. You hear it like over and over again. And they talk about, oh, your network is your net worth. And Before you're in it, you're like, yeah, yeah, yeah whatever. But yeah. once you're actually in it, you understand the true value of, of what having these the types of access uh like like the fact that i could call kalisha and betsy like just any time of day like Mm -hmm. that is so i I can't put a dollar amount of of having that contact information and so imagine having your phone full of that and and it's just it's just incredible what having a good network can do so yeah that's kind of how my journey started Um, so it's been about two to three ish years of of kind of like learning about from from when i read rich dad poor dad up until today um, so I currently reside in Southern California and that's where I primarily do uh, my flips um, I look to buy in Orange County la County Ventura County um, and I have a current flip right now in Chatsworth that we should be getting on market in the at the end of next week so finally getting to the finish line
0: was um, that money you use private money for dollar,
2: right yes correct so that's my first actual deal and so what I also want to mention is that for anyone that's thinking about how, oh, there's no way I could raise private capital. I've never done a deal. No one's going to trust me. I, I throw that out the window. That's impossible to say because I did it. I was able to raise on my first deal $273,000. Um, Walk us through that so. moment.
0: Tell us how, how did you find that PML? How did you pitch the deal? And how right. did you pitch even private money lending to that PML?
2: right so having access to the course really did help because i have you know certain presentations and i was able to understand how to strategically look for private money lenders but once i had a deal under contract i knew well now i need to raise the money and i only have like 28 days to do it and so throughout this time before i had the deal under contract I had already had built uh, a network of potential private money lenders because i started once i knew i wanted to invest and i knew i needed private capital i started letting everyone know that i'm a real estate investor so i texted literally every single person on my contacts they got a text from me it it, it didn't matter if i hadn't talked to them in 10 years they got a text from me um same thing for people on my instagram facebook you name it i was blasting it out there Uh, another big thing for me was even though i didn't have a deal i knew that I needed to put myself out there so uh i started posting a lot on instagram i just you know posting like if i was underwriting a deal just posting about it um passive real estate investing information i was just throwing it out there so people knew that this that's what i do now um so once it came time to finding the capital um i was fortunate enough to reconnect with um who's my who's not my now partner um someone that i went to high school with so he's my builder he has a, a framing construction company. And so um, when I told him about the opportunity, because this was before we partnered up, he's like, dude, I got some money and I'm also down to partner. I'll do yeah. the construction part and I want to park some money in there. So uh, luckily to have that connection, I was able to get from that, I think it was $52,800. So that was mm-hmm. one. Um, then we still needed about roughly, what's that? hundred and twenty-ish thousand dollars So um, through RPM, um, I used the community that had already built, or the friendships that I built, like with Kalisha, Betsy, and whatnot. Um, So I blasted it out to my local network of investors and said, hey, I have a deal under contract. Um, Would you happen to know anyone that would be interested in passively investing? Um, Sure enough, I was able to get someone who reached out to me and said, hey, I have someone that wants to park $100,000 but still you need to explain the deal to them. You still have to walk them through the process because they know me, but they don't know you. Yeah, so right. sure enough, I remember the the, the the morning before I was nervous as heck. Cause I was like, I mean, I've done it before, but I don't know why I, I still got a little nervous. So at the time I was still staying at, at my mom's. And so um, there's a lot of kids at the house and I'm thinking like, dude, I can't do this presentation in this house. So early morning, that, that, that morning of the call, I run to a Starbucks. And even the Starbucks is loud. I'm like, dude, this is a mess. This is not gonna happen. But I'm like, whatever, dude, I've already committed. It is what it is. I just gotta do, I just gotta show up. And so I walked through the presentation and she asked a couple questions and I felt very confident because I had ran through that scenario so many times. I practiced with Kalisha, my presentations um, and many other people within uh, my sphere. I I would just say, hey, you got 15 minutes. You wanna just let me do my thing and and then ask me questions if you have any and and let me know uh, what you think, if you have any feedback. So when it came d- down to it, I-, I felt some level of confidence. And I do think that's very important when talking to a private money lender, because if they do ask you a question, you can't just be like, um, uh, and even if you don't know the answer to it, you have to know how to like, kind of delay that answer, right? How to shift to say, say without saying, I don't know that answer, but let me get back to you. Right. That's yeah. a great question. Let me talk to my network. I'll get back to you within 24 hours versus just yeah. kind of stuttering and sitting there. But that takes... Repetition, right? You get, you get read through repetition. So that was really something that helped me. But um, towards the end of the call, I answered all her questions, and then we got off the phone. She said she would let me know within the hour. She's like, "All right, I got a hundred thousand. Let's do it." And so you boom. got
0: 52, then you got um, one hundred. So that, you're not short of an extra hundred. How did you get
2: that? Uh, yeah, like a hundred and ten. So there was two other investors that I got. So there was an investor that I got for ninety thousand. And so that connection was made through my builder. So obviously he understood that we were leveraging hard money and private money. And he, and he knew that we still needed roughly about $110,000 to do the deal. Yeah. And so I just let him know, hey, is there anyone within your network that you think might be interested? Um, obviously, I would carry that conversation because that's kind of my specialty. He's more construction. I know how to talk about private capital and, and, and all that. So he sent a couple of feeler texts out and actually... Another high school friend um, that uh, had has some properties in Ohio just sold like three or four of them. And he's like, oh, wow. what a coincidence that I do have some capital laying around.
0: <laughs> yeah.
2: Everything is nuts, like how it, it how it all works out. It's it's it's, it's crazy. But um, so he, he, he said that he had um, he had some money about he said he had over one hundred thousand, but he felt safe giving us 90. I mean, he's like, let me do my first deal. And then if it all goes well, I'll give you I'll give you everything because I mean it makes sense. Yeah. So uh, after that text message, like we we just kind of like really soft feeler text. I don't want to go too much in depth with through text because I want to be able to talk to them and, and see how you know their body language, um, their tonality, and so anyways we scheduled a, a coffee meeting like a couple days later in downtown LA. We met up. Um, he asked his questions. I provide the documentations that uh, we protect, secure, and ensure their investment with. I always tell them, hammer me with the questions. Like, (laughs) I I love it because it makes me practice. And I know the answers. Just just ask. Don't be shy. I want you to go into this investment knowing 100% what's going on. Mm -hmm. Go Go ahead.
1: And for this particular deal, since it was so many lenders that you brought in, how did you protect your investors?
2: So everyone receives um, their promissory note. That's standard. And right there is going to have all the terms and conditions as to um, their investment, right? It's going to have the address of the investment, the the interest rate that we're agreeing to, the duration of the note, um, and the principal that they're putting into the deal. So that's number one. Uh, number two, they're going to get the deed of trust. And that's kind of where they're going to get a lien recorded against the property. And that's where it gets... Not tricky, but but you have to kind of strategically place your lenders um, in order uh, based on what they're committing to the deal. Um, So because like you mentioned, I have about what's that three lenders on the deals because my my partner didn't care really for for the lean position because he's part of the deal anyways. Um, The three lenders that we put, we categorize them based off of their commitment. So obviously for our deal, we we used hard money and hard money always takes first position. That's just kind of the standard. So they occupied that we had a lender at a hundred thousand. So she came in at second position. The lender I was just telling you about right now committed 90. He came in at third position. And then lastly, uh, we had an investor at 20,000 and they came in at fourth position. How
0: do you handle that conversation to say, Hey, you're going to be in,
2: right okay so yeah that that was that was something that came up someone had asked me um this was actually a lender um that hasn't committed yet but we were just kind of going through preliminary conversations and they said well i have like a hundred thousand but i don't want to be anything other than first position and i said okay well the only way for me to make that work is you need to give me more money than my hard money lender would because it doesn't make sense for me to give you first position if my hard money lender is giving me 400 grand. Yeah. And so that's kind of the workaround that I just tell them like, like, look, I'm, I'm in California, the market that I buy in, I mean, it's it's a high capital, high raise. I, I need a lot of money to do these deals. And so in order for me to get you in first position, you need to give me more money than my hard money is gonna do. Um, yeah. And that's really the only way we can do that. Another thing that kind of helps is uh, we sign personal guarantees um, and with, with the house as collateral. And that's something that usually ends up easing their mind about it being in second position. We say, okay, we'll give you second position, but we'll also give you personal guarantee on top of the promissory note and being on our insurance. So,
0: so what about the persons who are in the third and the fourth
2: name position? Uh, so, that's just something that they just they haven't had an issue with. At least for me right now, the, the, the two lenders that were in third and fourth, they kind of knew, I mean, this, the, this hard money's in first at 400, second seconds yeah. at 100 The The third position was like, all right, I get it. I mean, he was more, he was really easy to work with. Some lenders are going to like hammer you like every yeah. single detail. What finishes are you using? Dude, this guy, I'm, yeah. I'm not lying to you, I, I swear. He signed. We did everything. And I'm like, all right, man, so I'm gonna let you know how Arapago, Arapaho goes. This man told me, what the hell is Arapaho? Do Arapaho was the street, like that was the house. It was on all the documents. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, like, so this is the house, blah, 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 blah. So he signs everything and I tell him, okay, I'm gonna keep you updated on Arapaho. And he says, what the hell is Arapaho? So this guy, like, you know, like he didn't even, I don't even think he read anything. I think he was just like, yep, yeah, yep, yeah, yep, yeah, all right. So it just depends, you know, depends the lender. Uh, lucky yeah. for him that I'm, I'm, I'm a good guy and I'm not going to, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, what I'm
0: picking up is that you're, you're very transparent. Yeah. Yeah, for in, sure. With cool. the amount of lenders, because that's one question where lenders will be like, okay, this price, you're going to need 200K. If that person's coming with a hundred and I'm coming with 50, where are you getting the remaining balance? And then when you explain all of that, I think that it makes it easier for you to explain the lean positions as well. For them to really understand these are the words but the bonus that you did is giving them um, the personal guarantee
2: right Yeah. it it also it also depends on on the lender as well what I'm noticing is like some people don't want anything past second position and so I have to be mindful of that when I'm looking at specific deals and specific raises to see if I could fit them in that specific deal because if they only have fifty thousand and I need three hundred, and they want, and they only want second position. Well, they're not going to work for that deal. I just, that's not going to work. So every lender is different, right? Some lenders don't care if they get eight percent ROI. Some people want minimum fifteen. So it's just relative to, what is that? What is that lender looking for, and how can I piece them together, um, in, in the puzzle, basically? No,
0: that that makes sense. Like. I know, like, with like going back a little bit when we just started raising, you went in on some marketing strategy to find PMLs. Talk a little bit about what you did for outreach to find PMLs and how is your lead from um, your lead system set up?
2: Gotcha. Okay, so uh, obviously I I reached out to my my um, my local sphere people I already knew, and then once I did that, um, now I'm like, okay, well I have to find. Other people, because I, you know, I only know so many. So what I started doing is I, I did a LinkedIn outreach. So I would go on LinkedIn, and I would just message like whatever the max was on, on LinkedIn. I think it's like a hundred something a week. No, yeah, I think it's about a hundred something a week that I you could uh, connect with. So I started just blasting people on on LinkedIn and, and trying to find people who uh, were uh, from the real estate space and then uh, outside of the real estate space. So because the, the way I saw it was. I feel like most people who are in real estate, like they have their own deals and they're not really trying to give lenders their lenders to me. Um, so I was like, I kind of started thinking outside the box and I'm like, you know what? Let me start, start reaching out to like doctors, uh, people who work for the city. And um, I, that, that actually had a really good success doing that. And um, just trying to provide value and, and get in intro calls. So uh, that's my number one source of finding um, new PMLs is through LinkedIn outreach. And then secondly, um, actually there's three things. Secondly, um, I'll go to meetups. So, um, I've been like these past couple of weeks, I've been going to a lot more real estate meetups, entrepreneurial meetups, um, any space where I think I can provide value and, uh, just expand my network. Right. Cause again, like we mentioned, the connections are everything. So just trying to shake more hands, um, being, being more people's uh, phone book or, or, or vice versa, have more people on my contacts. So going to meetups has, has helped for sure. And then lastly, I do have a shirt um, from, from RPM that says, uh, it's basically I a you're walking billboard. It says like uh, something ask along to, the lines of
0: ask ask how to, how, you
2: how to know, earn your
0: returns on your money.
2: There though go. So I, I, when I know it's funny, my fiance laughs every time I do it, every time we go somewhere public and I know there's going to be people I wear the shirt. I'm like, I, Hey, I never know. I'm, you're we're always one connection away from changing your life. And I'm like, dude, I'm wearing the shirt. And it helps. Some people will ask you, like, well, what do you mean by
0: that? Your and, hat today.
2: Oh yeah, my cash flow hat. I should have worn it today. I'm looking a little dingy, but yeah, my cash flow yeah. hat as well. I, I noticed some people will kind of do a double take. Um and then and then be like, oh, you, you invest. So it, it's similar to the same way if I ever see someone with the with two on their head, like the the hat, the sub two hat. Instantly, because I know, I know right away. Oh, they invest. There, there, there must be something in real estate. And I'm gonna go over there and I'm gonna talk to them. So it's the same thing, just easily identifiable. Um, see, there you go. I'd, I'd go right up to you if I didn't know you. So, uh, so yeah, LinkedIn no, no. outreach, meetups, and 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 being a walking billboard, basically.
0: <laughs> and do you still do you still do LinkedIn?
2: Yes, every day. Oh, so like I said, there's a max. Um, and it's a weekly max, so I figured I, I figured it out. I was kind of testing to see if there's like a daily limit um, on how many invites you can do. So it's it's not a daily limit; it's a weekly limit. So instead of doing uh, 25 uh, messages a day, now I just do it uh, one day for like it takes me like an hour to to send out all the messages. But yes, I do that every single week.
0: And so. this is this is with the LinkedIn um, premium membership.
2: Correct yeah, I have to pay for it. it's like seventy bucks a month, but I mean I'll pay what's that what's that year that's like a uh, eight hundred forty bucks a year I mean if I get one lender yeah. off of it I'll pay eight hundred forty bucks to get access to a hundred thousand every day of the week yeah, it's, that's it's <laughs>
0: yeah. It's like in fact fi- what I call it, infinite returns like there's there's no way of happening and you find a lot of persons on linkedin um because mm-hmm. a lot of persons sleep on it like um because yeah, you have so many of the robots and all that stuff, but as Danny mentioned, is really just finding the right persons to message. That's gonna be key. Like, you can't message other real estate investors. You can't message hard money lenders because now I get a ton of messages from hard money lenders. Um, <laughs> I have capital in my in my bio, and I had to switch it out with a raise because uh... then they're targeting me. So I start adjusting as I go along based on the responses. So that's something to be super mindful for. So with all the success with raising capital, like have you encountered like a major obstacle where like, holy crap, I need to figure out a way how to work around this. Either it's the finding PML or the common objections that PML have or raising a certain amount of money. Like have there have ever been any form of obstacle that you've been encountered?
2: Uh, yeah, yeah. So um, going back to when we were looking for the money for the deal. So uh, we needed, I think we needed like nine, yeah, we needed just over like $60,000 to close, right? Because we, we, that $273,000 that I raised uh, was for uh, the, that percentage of down payment, um, escrow, title fees, construction, holding, it was everything. Because uh, we, we went into that deal, uh, or I went to that deal, zero money out of my own pocket. So um, we had, you know, 28 day escrow and I'm not even lying to you the day before. So we had, we had his, uh, my partner's $52,800 into the deal, but we still needed more to close, which was at like 60 ish grand. And so, um, up until that point, literally the day before I didn't have any capital, I was like, dude, and mind you, this was a 10% non-refundable EMD. So if we didn't have, if we didn't get the closing funds. His fifty-two thousand was gone. It was, it was done. So we're sitting there, and we're just like, "How are we gonna do this? Do, like, this, this is not gonna work. Like, whatever." This, and and that—that's when we hell married. And I told him, "Dude, because I had, I had, a, I had reached out to my immediate network, and I didn't get any, um, any response back. Right? I, I got some soft commitments, but when it was time to go, they were like, I eh, 'I don't know.' So um, that's when he reached out to his network. The guy was like, "Dude, let's do it." No, no, no. So. Let me let me backtrack. So this was like two or three days before we were supposed to close yeah. because then we scheduled the coffee meetup with him, with his with his contact like a day or two later. He signed and we're like, oh, my gosh, like we we're going to close, we're going to be able to close, even though it was a celebration. I'm like, dude, I still need to get like another hundred twenty. And so it was it was a it was a short celebration because when we got the funds wired, we were able to close.
0: Yeah. Um
2: and then um, through that I was able to again reconnect with people that I had initially reached out to when I first got the deal under contract. Cause mind you, now it's been over a month. Mm-hmm. Um, and I said, Hey, we still need more capital. We already have this much amount because we had ninety pluses fifty two. So we had 140 already. Yeah. So and I think that probably helped because now i could say hey i already got 140 i'm only looking for 120 now um mm-hmm. and so that's when i was able to get uh that that other investor at 100 and then the last investor at 20. so the
0: objection was, from that letter which In, one the, the one with that ninety, because you you needed that money to close was right. there any objections for him to be like uh, you need this money, like, two days. I need time to review paperwork. <laughs>
2: yeah. Um, yeah, so mind you, this, this was the guy who, when he signed, he had no idea what, what the property. So it was the same guy. So I don't know. It, it Divine intervention, I don't know, call it what. But um, he did still have objections, though, because obviously we were like, hey, uh, we close in, like, two days and or three days, and we need the money kind of ASAP. So, uh, obviously, he did kind of come off a little like, uh, how do I know this is not a a scam? And so, when we met up with him, I I brought him like what the deed of trust would look like, that we would be recording with the county. I showed him the promissory note and then an example of what uh, uh, being added to the insurance would look like. And so we went over it and and I had him ask me questions. And and now, in retrospect, I don't even know if he really cared, but (laughs) because I'm telling you, it was mind blowing to me that he didn't know what the street or the address was. Like, how do you, you you just signed $90,000? You don't know what you're sending that
0: to? You know, it's, I love that you just brought up that you showed a sample of what the documents would look like.
1: Yeah, I love that.
0: Yeah, some most time persons they don't know what it is. But just to see, like, this person is really serious. They're they're ready. Mm -hmm. They know. It gives, like, so much peace of mind. Like, you don't even know. He doesn't care what's on the document. But at least you're asking him stuff, and you have things in place. Right.
1: Building that credibility and trust.
2: Right, absolutely. Because, like, one of his things was, like, oh, well, what if you, like, just went off to Mexico and I never hear from you again. I'm like, well, that's why you have this deed of trust, sir. Because, you know, it's recording with the thing. And so that, yeah, it, it's good to have that on deck because if they do have those objections, like, well, what if that, or what if this? Yeah. You have the documentation to show. And I think one of, the, one of the main things when it comes to raising private capital is like to know your stuff, right? To, to really understand what it is that you're getting yourself into. Um, because like the way I see it is like I'm putting someone's, retirement money into a deal. Like I want to make sure I know exactly what I'm doing um, when it comes down to properly securing their investment and knowing that it is a, a good investment. Um, so I think that definitely played a role in, in um, getting the funds at the end of the day, is, is the confidence when I spoke yeah. to them, articulating uh, you know the transparency part of it, just like, look, this is exactly what the deal looks like. These are the exact documents that we're going to use. Um,
0: that and is key to so. your confidence. Like they can always hear For it sure. in your voice. Like even you mentioned earlier, like when they ask you a question, if, instead of freezing, like just the way how you respond, just the way how you explain things, they can pick things up. Like they might not have a clue what have an idea of what you're talking about, but just hearing how confident you are mm-hmm. and explain things, they're like, okay, this person seems legit. They understand what is it that they're doing. So you that those are some valid points. So practice, practice, practice won't be perfect. You'll mm-hmm. just have to practice in, raising capital, practice in, pitch in and listen to all podcasts and hearing how other investors are doing things. Like come
2: on, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I can't even count how many hours I listen to podcasts. Like it's I mean I still do, but um yeah.
0: They underestimate the value of podcasts.
2: Oh, yeah. So I don't listen to music no more. I just no. pop in the podcast.
0: Yeah, At the gym, podcast. Bigger pockets. I'm now listening to this one, Making Billions. It's with Ryan Miller. I met him at the fund launch event. Okay. The thing is, it's just a whole different level because then you're hearing how fund managers are raising capital, billions of dollars for their fund. Mm-hmm. And it's like, you, you, you get creative because you're like, okay, I can take this strategy and raise capital here. Even -hmm. if it's, even
2: if it's just raising for a hundred K. So you, you, you want to know something funny. So I'll, I'll, uh, I'll mention this. I was listening to, I can't remember if it was the TTP podcast with Brent Daniels. It might've been Jamil's podcast. It was one of those. It was either Pace Jamil's or, or Brent Daniels and, oh no, no, sorry. It was with Jerry Norton and Pace Morby. Now I remember, Mm -hmm. um, so uh, Jerry asks Pace, like, oh, if you had to explain to the audience what's the difference between private money and hard money, what would you say? So he says, like, hard money is is like you know you're tiling, you have the tile on the grout. The tile is, you know, hard money. You can't really conform it. They have regulations, and they they have to they have certain criteria that they have to follow when it comes to what they could lend on and private money is like the grout. You could you could shape and mold that. It's very malleable as to what you need it for. It could be for holding costs, construction costs. Uh, the term length can be whatever you want it to be. Interest rate can be whatever you want it to be. And so the reason I bring that up is because if I hadn't heard that a couple of days ago, um, I wouldn't have been able to use that the following days when I had another private money um, presentation when, um, that private money lender was like, oh, so can you explain to me the difference between hard money and private money? And when they asked that, I was like, Definitely. oh, let me tell <laughs> <So even laughs> you. <now, story.
0: laughs>
2: yeah, even now, given that I've already raised, you know, over a quarter million dollars on a deal, like I, there's still so much I can learn. And that's yeah. why, like, I always still listen to Pace, still listen to to uh, Jerry Norton, Amy, like everyone, because you never know where there's a nugget in like a, in a podcast where you're like, oh, okay, I could use that for, uh, for this strategy or or when I talk to another private money lender. And so, yeah, there's so much value in, in continuing the education.
0: So definitely guys like, whoo, Danny, damn, this was so good. <laughs> yeah. This is like, thank you for keep going in details with everything that we, we, we spoke about um, because we like to share not the good stuff, but really, how are things being done like broken down because everyone always hear about you can raise capital you can get a deal zero out of pocket but persons want to know how like truly how and you went in depth with the linkedin the membership like for or overthinkers you went in how many uh, messages you're sending per week Yeah, the numbers which is good and we, we we appreciate it like but we honey like i'll give you a hug right now virtual hug. virtual hug
1: we're on the other side of the country
0: listen like <laughs> so personally for me i just love seeing your growth um Thank it's you. amazing to, to just watch you change under a year like a little over, still a little under a year still not even yeah, a year yeah.
2: not, in, not, not even a year in yet so it's
0: not even a year yet, but just to see how you have transformed just take an action and you realize within yourself that, okay, you are the one blocking with analysis paralysis. And that's fine. Cause we get it. I got it when I just started. Mm-hmm. Um, but you just decided I'm just, I need just to go, I need to go in, take action because that's how I'm really going to learn. And you did that. So, right. Yeah. So. Um, yeah
2: it's all, it's all about action. It's you, you, you gotta do. And if there's anyone that's listening to this podcast or, or, or watching this, like, I am living testimony that if on your first deal, you can raise capital, you just got to educate yourself. There's a way to do it. Zero money down. Like I don't want to hear the objection no more. I did it. So it's possible. Um, and if there's any, any value I could bring to anyone listening um, to the podcast, I'm always happy to help. I think at this point, though I'm not nowhere where I need to be or where I want to be, if there's anyone struggling with, with uh, their first deal, or looking to raise capital learning to how to um, I think, I think I owe it uh to 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 the community uh to show others how they can do it too and i'm happy to be a resource for anyone looking for some uh for some help
1: yeah well no, thank you thank you danny thank you for coming on here i know that we really really do appreciate it. we like seeing your face and um and our listeners are probably now they are very appreciative too so whether you're looking to finance your next project launch or expand your new business We hope that this episode gave you some insights, strategies, and tips so you guys can raise capital and invest with purpose. See you guys next time.